0: Before we share the Lord's Supper together this morning, I would like you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23 through 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23 through 26. In our ongoing series on what is it What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus, which we are spending all of 2017 on? There is one subject that I felt must be included in this series. And that is, what is the relationship between a disciple of Jesus and the Lord's Supper? I want to submit to you this morning that communion, the Lord's Supper, ought to play a critical role in your life as a disciple of Jesus. I believe that you should come with great anticipation to every possible communion service that you can, knowing that God intends to use this in a significant and important way in your life as a disciple of Jesus. Think about it. Our Master, our Savior, shortly before He died, celebrated the bread and the cup with His disciples. And we continue to carry on what they began over 2,000 years later. Now, this is important for you, for me, as disciples of Jesus. In verses 23 through 26, we read, or the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth, "For For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Well, our first point this morning is a disciple and communion. The Lord's Supper is one of the most important times of worship that we have as a church. That is my thesis for this morning, and I hope to prove that to you as I go through this devotion because of what it symbolizes. It has a central place in New Testament theology and worship and practice. John Piper writes, the essence of worship is the inner experience of treasuring the true beauty and worth of God. And the outward forms of worship are the acts that show how much we treasure the beauty and worth of God. Now in the gathered or corporate life of the church, one of the external acts of treasuring Christ that we should do is the Lord's Supper. Jesus instructs us, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. Jesus didn't give us a fixed schedule on how often we should celebrate the Lord's Supper. But as often as you do it, it is really important. It is very important. How often to celebrate the Lord's Supper is not easy to decide. Throughout the history of the church, there has been discussion and even debate about how often should any local church celebrate communion, celebrate the Lord's Supper. Some churches celebrate the Lord's Supper once a quarter. Some do it once a month and some do it every week. And we have to extend grace to each other on this because as I mentioned, there is no fixed schedule in the New Testament Jesus simply says, as I mentioned, for as often as you do this. However, there is a delicate balance between doing it so frequently that it loses its significance and doing it so infrequently that it seems unimportant. And this is what churches wrestle with. I don't want to do it so often that it becomes some kind of ritual or routine that we just go through without even thinking about it. Lord forbid that I or you would ever take communion without giving it great thought, consideration, and prayer. And at the same time, we don't want to do it so infrequently that it appears to the people of the church that this must not be important. We have chosen as a church body, to do communion once a month and also on Good Friday. And I'm not saying that we're doing it the right way and other people are doing it the wrong way. That's simply what we have chosen as a church. And I can share with you this morning, having been on the pastoral staff here at the church for a long time, we've wrestled with this for years how often to do it, and when to do it. Currently, our thought is right now that communion is so important that we want as many of our people to participate in it as often as we can or in the once a month that we make it available. Therefore, we have, and some of you have probably noticed this, we have moved all our communion services to the morning service with the exception of Good Friday evening. There was a time in this church where we used to do it just in the evening. Then we went to one month morning and one month evening. And both of those worked well for us. But as we have thought this through, it is so important. It is so critical to the life of the church that we are trying now, doing it just on Sunday mornings once a month, because we want all of you, we want as many as possible of you to participate in this important time of worship. But whatever a church decides, whatever the frequency each local New Testament church decides on, we all agree on this. We must be very careful that we never take the Lord's precious table for granted. I want to submit to you this morning that this ought to be one of the most sacred times in your Christian life. When the church gathered, comes together, and takes the bread and shares the cup together. Unfortunately, for some people, it lacks excitement. It doesn't give them a spiritual high, to sit there and take the bread and the cup. But I want you to know this morning, for all of us, how you feel is irrelevant. Because regardless of how you feel, communion by its very nature is extremely important. And that's our second point this morning. Communion is unique, it is. There is something in the life of the church, in the body of Christ, where communion is unique for us. Think with me this morning. At one sitting, we look back, we look forward, and in light of these two perspectives, we examine ourselves in the here and now. That's the whole thought in communion. We look back, we look forward, and in light of those two perspectives, every single person here, You ask yourself, how am I doing? How am I doing right now? Not yesterday, tomorrow. How am I doing right now in my walk with Christ? How is my walk with Christ going right now? We look back. We look back at the substitutionary death of Christ. We look back at his death In our place. We look back at his death for our sins. We look back at his death for our forgiveness. We look back at his death for our eternal life. In verses 24 and 25, we read, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, if there is a most important thing about the Lord's Supper, it is that we are focused on the cross. We look back. And see that on the cross, Christ accomplished our great salvation. But we not only look back, but we look forward. We look forward to the coming of Christ. Every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, there is the sense of anticipation that one day Jesus is going to return. In verse 26, it says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There is a sense that every time we take communion, we are reminded that the earthly church, that the church here on earth, before we go to heaven, that we are to keep on celebrating the Lord's Supper, to keep on participating in in communion until the Lord returns. It's almost as if we say to each other, we're going to keep doing this until Jesus comes back there is also the sense that every time you participate in the Lord's Supper, there is this thought in the back of your mind, will this be the last one before Jesus comes? Will this be the last time we celebrate the Lord's Supper until Jesus returns? Folks, it's possible. It's possible this could be the last one before Jesus returns. But not only do we look back and not only do we look forward, but then we ask, how should I live as I look back and I look forward? How now, in the here and now, how should I live? If you drop down to verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says, Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now, verses 27 through 29 form a whole separate sermon in and of themselves. But I want you to know that self-examination is a very important part of the communion service. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I like the way the New International Version translates verse 28. It says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Everyone ought to examine themselves when they come together as the body of Christ. If you remember nothing else this morning, if you walk away from this service remembering nothing else, I want you to remember that when you take the Lord's Supper, you are sitting before God and saying, Lord, examine me. Lord, am I the kind of disciple that you have called me to be right now? Where am I at? At this moment, at this sacred moment in this service, where am I at in my walk with Christ? I want you to notice that Jesus gave this, or excuse me, uh, that Jesus gave the disciples this instruction on the night he was betrayed. Verse 23, the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took the bread. He said these things. He gave these instructions on the very night that he would begin the process of voluntarily laying down his life for the sins of the world. At this moment, when they first celebrated this, all of history was about to be radically changed forever. At this moment, as they celebrated the very first communion, The kingdom of Satan was about to be dealt its most devastating blow. And although we talk about many things as a church, we must never lose sight of the meaning and wonder of our salvation. Every time, every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we should be in awe and wonder, humbled before God because of our great Salvation. As I mentioned earlier, this is meant by God to be a very sacred time for you as a Christian. But the sacredness of the Lord's Supper is up to you. You can come, you can come to communion, flippant and casual. If you want, you can come and yawn and say, "I know what they're going to do, I know the routine, I know how to go through it." and do that if you want. Or or you can come to each and every communion service in fear and trembling before the Lord and look back at the preciousness of his death for you. And look forward to his glorious, victorious coming. And in light of that, say, search me, O God. Know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. At this time, we will share the Lord's Supper together.